0: Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Good morning, church. I miss you. I hope everybody's doing well. Thank you so much for your patience as we're going to be online the next few weeks. We had some personnel that weren't going to be available, so we hope you're enjoying the online experience. A reminder, too, if you haven't gotten your intention card in to please do that, you can email me, and I'll give you the email address for Greg Huther if you don't know how to find it, but he's on our church website, and we hope that you guys will figure out what that looks like for you and for your family and make sure and turn in your intention card as possible this week. If you can do it today, that would be even better. So last week was a great week. It was awesome. We had a little bit of rain, whatever. We're surviving. But the week before was like mayhem. And I'll tell you why. It wasn't anything to do with the weather that it was mayhem. It was a beautiful day. And I was heading to my mailbox on Monday. And all is well and right with the world. And I reached into my mailbox. I opened the mailbox. I reached into my mailbox. And there is chock full of stuff. I mean like I have never seen so much stuff in my mailbox in my life and I don't have that many people that are interested in writing me letters, right? It's just chock full of all of these political ads i mean like i had never seen so many things in my life and now they used to send you like a postcard now they send you like a whole like full-size poster board rolled up and shoved in there with all kinds of stuff on it and people's pictures sometimes the pictures are nice pictures where they're like hey vote for me and then there's sometimes like nasty pictures like hey don't vote for that guy and he's like you know, got this like nasty look on his face. But there's tons of them. So I'm sorting through it all. I'm pretty sure I probably threw away a couple of bills. Sorry, sorry, Melody. (laughs) I think I might've thrown some away, but I just wanted that stuff out of my life. I'm so tired of it. I go inside, sit down on my couch. Wanna relax, sit on my couch, enjoy. I picked up my phone. My phone starts ringing. All of a sudden I got this phone call. Hello, I'd like to speak to Matt Simpkins. Uh, Yep, uh, that's me who's calling. Sir, I just wanted to check. I'm calling from so and so and so and so. I just want to check and see if you've had a chance to vote yet or if you're planning on voting tomorrow. I'm like, dude, can you? Thank you. I, I've already voted. Thank you. Leave me alone. Please take me off the list. Yes, sir. But let me just ask you a couple of questions. No, click, click, leave me alone. Y'all, I'm telling you, this is seriously. Then I thought, well, I'll just sit back pull out my phone and I'll just check Facebook, see what's going on because most of the congregation is is either on there or somehow participates in some way. And sometimes they'll put things on Facebook, let me know how they're doing and I can keep track. And I wanna check in on my my family, my church family. So I pull up the Facebooks and the Instagrams. I start going through here and I see how everybody's doing and hug! It's more election stuff. Everybody posting all kinds of stuff, ads and frustrations and this, that, and the other. Seriously, Facebook, they, I know they put a little algorithm together just to show me whatever they want. And they must think that I was really, really interested in politics because it was worse than my mailbox. And much junk was crammed into my Facebook. And I set my phone down, bzz, 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 and it comes back up. And I'm serious. Three texts in a row about who I'm voting for. Vote for this, vote for that. You need to make sure that you're aware of this issue is pending in so-and-so. Vote for this. It drove me crazy. So I'm like, I'm gonna put my phone away. I'm going to airplane mode. Pastor Matt on airplane mode. No more outside connections. I'm gonna turn on the TV. I'm gonna watch a little TV. I'm gonna turn on my TV at kickback. And I kid you I kid you not, every channel, every channel I click to is some other political ad. It was crazy. i would never seen anything like this. Y'all know what I'm talking about? i would never seen anything like this ad after ad after ad after ad. It was just relentless. Come on, give a brother a break. Give me some time. Give me some time to do something else. All these text messages, ads, people calling me spam. I could barely find my own mail. It was relentless. And here's why I think it got to me so much. This was about trying to sell a message without relationship. It was about trying to sell a message without relationship. That makes no impact at all. It doesn't help. It's why so many people, this truth. Now, I'm straight up real. This is why so many people have left the church. Think about it. They get people yelling at them and screaming at them about the things they're supposed to do, the things they're supposed to give up doing, the things they're not supposed to do. And it all comes like this massive bunch of ads Left and right, they feel like. And what's missing is relationship. And it's so much easier to just walk away than to actually listen to somebody shouting at you, texting you, calling you. All of those messages were pummeling us last couple weeks. You know what I'm talking about? It was crazy. And yet, they don't know me. They never once ask, hey, I'm really curious what's important to you and how might those things. Well, if that's the case, then you probably want to vote for our opponent. Not one of them ever said that they didn't get to know me because when there's no love, there's no relationship. And when there's no relationship, no message can get through. They didn't know me. They had no care for me. There was no relationship there. So the message got slammed, slammed the door. But church, When there's no love, there's no relationship. But when we know love, K-N-O-W, when we know love, then we can know relationship. That's what God is trying to get us to understand, church. And I think right now, more than ever, God wants us to understand that the church is so much bigger than we've ever understood before. We are in the midst of a new reformation. We've been talking about it for a few weeks now. We are in the midst, of, that's what we've been talking about it for about three years now, but we've definitely been talking about it for a few weeks now. We are in the midst of a revolution of what God is doing in the church. And the church is changing. And we've got an opportunity to learn something brand new. Turn with me in Scripture to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 4. I know, I know, Pastor Matt, we're supposed to be reading prophets. I'll get to that in a minute. I've got a great prophet. We're going to read Ezekiel. I call him Zeke because, you know, we boys. (laughs) But right now in Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. I'm going to read the NIV for you. Verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. That's what we're all for. So that the body of Christ might be built up. Got it. Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Right? Paul's talking about this sanctification as we grow in our faith, as we grow in understanding. And all of these folks, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, are all there to help bring us up in faith, in fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants, verse 14 says. Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. That just means you won't be, you'll be, you'll be, you'll have a discerning heart, (laughs) is what he's getting at. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Oh, I love that. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What Paul is talking about is that this early church had these folks that were put together to grow the church up to mature the church so that the church understood what was going on around. So you weren't just driven in different directions by willy nilly great speakers or magicians or other things at that particular time that we would know who God is and that we would be brought together to ultimately be the body of Christ. And right now, church, We are in the midst of a very similar situation with all kinds of voices trying to pull us in all kinds of directions, all kinds of messaging that we're getting hit from all kinds of places, trying to pull us in different directions. And what Paul is trying to do is call us back together in this particular way. And he uses this phrase in in verse 15. It says, instead, speaking the truth in love. Now, that's a beautiful, beautiful part of Ephesians and what it ultimately means for us to live in that relationship as we teach and love and spread the message and the gospel. But often people read this as it is our job to fix people. It is my job to fix you. It is my job to see all the problems that you might have and fix you. I see it all over the place. And brothers and sisters, it does not work. It's just not. It just doesn't work. The problem is I think that we've been reading this statement wrong, or at least not reading it with the depth that it was intended to be read with. Often that one little phrase gets pulled out and there's no context with it. It's just like I'm going to speak the truth in love. Got it. So that's like, I got to say something nice before I just destroy somebody. Here's a, here's a great example. Hey dude, I love your shirt, but your breath smells like dog. (laughs) Or here's another one. Oh wow. I love your cooking. Uh, but this soup is nasty (laughs) or, or I love you, dude, but you got to get your life together. You got to get yourself straight. I don't, I don't think that's what Paul is getting at when he says, speak that truth in love. I don't think that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Now, if we're talking about speaking the truth in love, then that means logically we have to start with love because we're going to speak truth in that love. So love ultimately has to come first. So what's it mean to love? How we unpack that means that we sit in the love first before the truth can happen. How do we just love someone first and maybe then for a while before we speak that truth? Because the best part of truth is love. Love, the gospel made manifest, wins, heals, encourages, makes the broken feel whole again. And when spoken in love, it creates this relationship where even law, the most difficult thing for us to understand, the reflection of our brokenness feels and sounds like gospel when there's love and relationship attached to it. So all my children of the 90s are gonna like this one as I wrote in my sermon. So, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. That's like Saturday Night Live skit, right? It was it Will Ferrell, Chris Kattan? What is love? <laughs> all right, turn to Ezekiel. We're into the prophets now. Stay with me, all right? I'm throwing a lot of stuff at you this morning, but I promise you, I'm going to bring it right to one thread. Okay, turn to Ezekiel in your Bibles, chapter two. We're going to look at verse one through seven. And again, I'm going to read from the NIV. Man, this is great. This is, this is great. This is what, uh, what, uh, what God said to me. This is the voice. What God said, not me, Ezekiel. All right. You ready for this? Verse two, uh, verse one, chapter two. He said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I'll speak to you. And as he spoke, the spirit came into me and I ra- and raised me to my feet and heard him speaking to me. He said, son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelites a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people who I'm sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know what a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, Don't be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. (laughs) This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Right? I read it in my own inflection, right? But I have to think that God is pretty frustrated with this people, right? Because God is consistently saying, they are rebellious. They don't listen. You're going to be amongst the thorns and the scorpions, and they're not going to listen. But you go on and say it and do what you're supposed to do. But even though, they're probably not going to listen. Ugh, rebels, never listening. Never, ugh. If you've ever been in any kind of sales or you ever did sales like in high school or you went door to door or you're one of those people that was like uh, selling books or something like that. I was in sales for a while. Rejection hurts. If you've ever been in sales, that means you have had the door slammed in your face at least once, but most likely a hundred times. If you were any kind of successful, it was slammed in your face a lot. You might have a great thing to say. The minute you come up, they realize that you're trying to sell them something they don't want. Shaboom, door gets closed. Remember, time and time again, and as many times as I've had successes in my old career in sales, there were a hundred failures for every one success. A hundred failures for every one success. Now, I certainly look back and I see how that helped to form me and to bring me and make me, but that's not actually the point here. This scripture is not about Ezekiel. And it's actually not even about the people to whom Ezekiel is supposed to bring this message. This scripture is about God. Now stay with me here because I got, I'm driving to something. God knows that they're rebels. God knows that they're a stiff-necked people. God knows that they aren't listening. But God still sends Ezekiel. Ooh. Think about it. God knows they're rebels. Knows they're not going to be listening. And still sins Ezekiel brothers and sisters that's such good news because it means that even though God knows we don't listen even God knows we're rebellious and we turn another direction we want to find our own way and we say no God I got it man you do your own thing I'm gonna handle me you handle you even still God pursues us and doesn't give up on us God doesn't give up on you There's somebody listening, I know, that needs to hear this today, that God has not given up on you. God will never give up on you. No matter what you've done or not done, no matter what you've said to God or how far you've run or how long it's been you've talked to God or what you feel like you've done in your life that you can't have it ever turned in the right direction, God has not and will not give up on you. That's such good news. Such good news for all of us. That's what it means to love. Remember the first question? What's it mean to love? If we're supposed to speak the truth in love, it means never giving up. It means loving even when it's hard. It means reaching out to those who persecute you. It means praying over your enemies, not just loving the people in your life that love you back. Gosh, that's the easy one. It means loving people beyond those mistakes, beyond those failures, beyond those moments where you got your where they shut the door in your face. This is how God moves in us, church. The God's call for us is not to be dissuaded. The God's call for us is not to give up on our fellow human being. No matter who they voted for or what their politics are like or what kinds of things they do or don't do with a mask, love means not giving up. Shooting past all of that to love and care for God's people, then God brings us into relationship with one another. And it's there that the gospel can live in relationship. That's how God works with us. That's how God moves in us. That God wants to get to know us through scripture, through the church, through incredible moments, through through word and sacrament. All of these are means of God's grace. And God moves us by being with us. Not pointing at us and pushing us around or, or treating us like marionettes or intimidating us or, or fear mongering us. That's not how God works. And by the way, when you hear that kind of stuff as a reflection of the Lord, run. Run, That's not how God loves us. God is not an intimidator or a fear-mongerer. That's not how God works. God loves through relationship, through the Son of God who walks with us and talks with us. That way, the way that God interacts with us is so that we can see what the church is for. Come on, that we can see what the church is for. It's for mission for gospel, yes. But even more, first, it's for relationship and love. Remember me telling you about my political ad, Nightmare? You lived it, I know you did. I mean, I have so much paper stuff for my fires outside. I mean, man, it's crazy. And those things burn funny colors too. I'm just gonna tell you, I don't know what's in that stuff. Maybe I shouldn't be roasting marshmallows over it. Anyway. Remember that your messaging doesn't work without relationship. People don't respond to in-your-face messaging. It actually turns people away. Trying to correct the people around you with a pointy finger when you've got no relationship doesn't mean anything. Posting something on somebody's Facebook page to try to get them to change their mind. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, not going to happen. Holding up a sign in somebody's face and shouting is not gonna change their mind. The only way this works is to speak that truth in love, in relationship. Because people respond to relationship. They respond to love. And in that moment, hearts actually open and ears actually open. And the sweetness of God's word can come forth and pierce the most frustrated and heartbroken soul. Think about this. If Jesus had started with truth instead of love, he never would have eaten with the tax collectors and the prostitutes, would he? And those were lives that he changed one after the other, after the other. That's the gospel church. God's love for us is a go and do likewise relentless love. God's love sent the prophets, many who got killed. God's love sent the gospel much of which has been ignored. God's love sent God's only son and we put him on the cross. But God's love brought gospel for all of us because God's love is relentless. So what would it look like? We had the same vigor and energy to share the gospel around us like all those political ads did. The same vigor, not relentless in volume, but relentless in love and relationship. What if we brought that same level of love and relationship to the people around us? People might think you're crazy, and you know what? Good, good that they would think you're crazy enough to love them when they don't have it all figured out. Crazy enough to love them when they're not always the nicest person. Crazy enough to love them and have relationship with them when they are not the most wonderful person. Man. What would the world look like if we brought love into all people's lives, all around us, every day, several times per day in lots of ways? Brothers and sisters, there are lost people in your circle right now today. There are hurting people amongst your Facebook friends and your Instagram followers. Yeah, they might like your Instagram post, but what's really going on in their life? Yeah, they might put a little comment on their Facebook post, but what's really going on in their life? Reach out to them, find relationship, and only in that place definitely in that place. You're going to see lives change. There are needy in your phone contacts right now. In your phone contacts, there are people that need to know, need to hear, need to feel some hope. And brothers and sisters, why do you think that God put those people in your life? You know, don't you? Because God calls us to start there Mm -hmm. and be relentless in love. Pray with me if you would. God, it's so difficult for us to see past our frustration, to see past the identities that we think ultimately claim us. But Lord, we all have the same last name. Matthew, child of God. Brian child of God, Jeff, child of God, Marie, child of God, Laura, child of God. So God, unite us as your people. Don't let outside things divide us. Help us as your people to seek out relationship and love. Instead of cutting off, Lord, might we cut a highway. Hmm. May your relentless love be relentless in us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you wanna continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.